This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Nelly. Radio. Shout, Shout out, out to Nelly. He got his queen back. Him St. Louis is home. Yeah, oh, yeah. What happened with that? Me and Ashanti back together? They're back together. Yeah. I like them as a couple. For a yeah, that's his queen. You know. yeah. She wore a bag at the VMAs that had a picture of them. I think like 20 years ago when they met at the VMAs and they exchanged numbers and she turned it into a purse Wow! at the award show. Now, at this point, I'm just waiting for him to pop the question. Like, I'm waiting for Nelly to propose to Ashanti. You mean, what is it hot in here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow, really? That's the question? That's where you, that's where you want to take it? Wow. <laughs> hey, wow. Nelly, down on one knee. Is it hot in her? <laughs> wow. Oh, you meant, will you marry this, me? This Got guy. it. This guy. Presented by Progressive Insurance. What are we going to do with him? I have no idea, <laughs> okay. Cece. But ESPN it is it's Sam and Thursday, so we're loose. We're loose right. on Sam and Thursday. Right. ESPN U, ESPN app. You can watch and listen to us. Um, so Thursday night football tonight between the Vikings and the Eagles. It seems like the Vikings have most of the attention simply because of the fact that they may be a sneaky on the fly rebuild team. They've let a lot of guys go this offseason. Kirk Cousins is not signed past this this season that we're in right now. We've already mentioned his name. Literally since, what, the Aaron Rodgers injury on Monday night, we came on the air Tuesday at 6 a.m. Eastern, and we already started throwing out hypotheticals, and Kirk Cousins was one of those hypotheticals that we threw out on our show on Tuesday, and people can go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast of that show, Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, and now we're going to all watch Kirk Cousins. It's prime time, which means Kirk Cousins is not normally good in those moments (laughs) tonight, And I think all of us are thinking about his future. That all said, the presence of Kirk Cousins, I don't think people realize how good he actually is because all we focus on is the bad with him. And I have stated, CeCe, that I think he's the most polarizing QB in the league. But I'll throw this out at you. If I put Kirk Cousins on blank team, are they better? How many teams do you look at across the league and say, if I put him on that team, they are much better where maybe they're actually a contender at that point? There are 12 teams. I mean, if you put Kirk Cousins on the Commanders, they're a better team. If you put Kirk Cousins on the Giants, they're a better team. If you put Cousins on, let's see here, the Patriots. New, yeah, I mean, the Patriots, they're a better team. You put them on the New Orleans Saints, they're a better team than with Derek Carr. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're a better team. If you put them on, I'm going to exclude all of the teams with young quarterbacks, like rookie quarterbacks. So Texans, Panthers, Colts yeah, will leave yeah, to the yeah, side. Yeah, exactly. But if you put them on the Atlanta Falcons, they're a better team. Agreed. If you put them on... The Arizona, Arizona Cardinals, they're a better team. I think if you put Kirk Cousins on the Seattle Seahawks, they're a better team. Mm-hmm. If you put Cousins on the Denver Broncos, we were talking about this, they're a better team. Las Vegas Raiders, they're a better team. Sure. If you put them on the Tennessee Titans, they're a better team. Uh, I mean, Stop on that one for a second. I want to go further on that. Not only are they a better team if you put them on the Titans, I would actually look at them as a contender. Yeah. Like Because their run game obviously is so good. Vrabel's a phenomenal coach. I would actually look at them as a contender. That, that's why this guy is unfairly critiqued. He has had an excellent NFL career. Excellent NFL career. Absolutely. Especially as a non-first rounder. But people hate on him. Because of the primetime stats, because of the fact that he hasn't won. He's, he's been paid and secured the money, but you expect more from a guy like Kirk Cousins. You expect him to be able to be the guy that you go into a primetime game or into a playoff game and know that he's going to get the job done. And more often than not, he, that hasn't been the case with him. But he's had an excellent career, which is why he's an enigma. No doubt about it. And that's the thing that you have to weigh if you're the Minnesota Vikings. Sure, Kirk Cousins hasn't won you the big game, 
But what's your alternative if it's not Kirk Cousins? What are you doing if it's not Kirk Cousins? It's similar to the Dak Prescott conversation around the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. What are you doing if it's not Dak Prescott? We're, We're recognizing that he has shortcomings once we get into the second season, once we get into the playoffs. We don't like the way that he lost to the 49ers. We don't like the way that Kirk Cousins lost to the New York Giants. But if it's not Kirk Cousins, then who is your quarterback? I think the uncertainty is a bit scary for front offices when making the decision to move off of him. But what's also scary is paying a guy like Kirk Cousins $50 million a year on a guaranteed deal. Because you know that's what Kirk Cousins is asking for. And just to let people in behind the curtain when it comes to the business of football, because Kirk Cousins has already been franchise tagged twice, it would not be it would be a 44% increase from his salary this year, which would push it to $52.25 million if they tried to tag him in 2024. The Minnesota Vikings aren't tagging Kirk Cousins. So they have two options, either pay him some more money or trade him. And Kirk has got him right where he wants him. Absolutely. He's in the perfect position, is he not? He, he always seems to find himself right there where he's done enough for you to justify paying him, but also not enough for you to make the argument but then on the other side of the coin, you really don't have a better option. So what are you going to do? Well, that's it's a great point, Swalls, because that's the thing. You can't if you have Kirk Cousins, you can't actually tank. He's actually too good for you to tank. <laughs> and players don't tank; organizations tank, right? The organizations are the ones that remove the good players and put in players that are maybe a year or two away from when they're actually going to be really good. But I think people have kind of slept on the fact that the Vikings this offseason, if you look at what they've done. Eric Kendricks, linebacker, Adam Thielen, wide receiver, Dalvin Cook, running back, Patrick Peterson, cornerback. These are guys that were core pieces of this team that won a lot of games last year, more close wins than any other team in the league that usually balances itself out over the offseason. Dalvin Tomlinson, another guy who left defensive tackle there. Uh, Thank you, Jerry, our TV producer who puts it up if you're watching on 2 and you, some of the, the losses. I think they've had somewhat of a rebuild on the fly here. What they haven't done is that they probably at some point should have done what the Packers did and draft a quarterback in the first or second round to have with Kirk Cousins. And maybe, I understand you're walking into a controversy, but imagine if they had a guy like a Jordan Love waiting in the wings while Cousins was playing. They don't even have a Will Levis, Malik Willis type. Right, if I'm not like Cece, you and I have been all in on that. It's it's mind boggling that Ryan Tannehill is still a starting quarterback on a good team in this league. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's no they had Kellen Mund out of Texas, Mond, yeah. but he's gone. Right, he's not on their yeah. team anymore. I, do they have a young quarterback? I'll double check here. That's waiting in the wings. I don't think so. No, they don't. But here's the thing: you got to remember, Mike Zimmer was their coach, and he's a defensive minded mm-hmm. guy. And when they acquired Kirk Cousins, it was believed to be that the Vikings were in their window to compete for a championship. They felt like they were just a quarterback away with the defense that they were bringing to the party and the skill position players because they did have Steph Diggs, because they did have Adam Thielen, and it just hasn't worked out that way. Now, they've retooled the pieces on the offensive side around Kirk, but they haven't done that on the defensive side of the ball. And yet and still, Kevin O'Connell found a way last year to win 13 games. So I'm sitting here thinking about where this franchise is at with their program building, and I don't know that this is the place where they want to necessarily transition to a young quarterback just because you have one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. You have a first-round picket wide receiver. You traded for T.J. Hawkinson last year. To me, that doesn't speak to the organization trying to rebuild. That speaks to the organization recognizing that they have an opportunity to contend for a division that no longer features Aaron Rodgers. 
Also with Kirk Cousins, you don't really have any questions about him, the person, or him, the leader. And if you pivot from that, you have to not only wonder about production and chemistry and all of that, you have to wonder what type of a person you're bringing in. I keep going back to that quarterback series on Netflix, but we saw the way the people in the locker room react to Kirk Cousins. We saw what type of a leader he is. And when you have somebody like that, it's really hard to want to pull the plug from the production and from the person, and it's a big gamble to yeah. go with somebody else. I, yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Here's what's going to happen. Mark my words on this. They're going to lose tonight. They're going to lose to the Eagles in Philadelphia. <laughs> They're going to go 0-2. It's not going to be Kirk Cousins' fault. But we're all going to sit here and wonder where this organization is going. And I'm not saying this would have been the guy, but this is the team that should have traded for Trey Lance. This is the team that should have called San Francisco and said, what can we give you for Trey Lance? We want someone in that QB room that at least provides some sort of threat or, or and or could be potentially age-wise lined up with Justin Jefferson, K.J. Osborne, and now uh, Jordan Addison at the wide receiver position, T.J. Hawkinson. They should have brought in Trey Lance. But help me out here. Why would you want to live in the gray if you're the Minnesota Vikings? If, if Kirk Cousins can't get this team back to where they were last year, which is being in the postseason, even if it's just a wild card, why wouldn't you want to be bad so you can get one of these quarterbacks coming out of college in 2024? Well, you see, here's the thing. So what I, what I would have done is if I'm trading for Trey Lance, my first goal is obviously to be great. If I'm not great this year, then I look at the fact that I'm not going to then sign Kirk Cousins to a long-term deal. I'm okay. going to look around the league. Cool. Right. I'm Which means look. you're going to trade Kirk Cousins. In season, yes. if I can. Because you're not going to let him walk Which in free Which never agency. happens, but we're going we're gonna to play this out in this hypothetical. Well, you can't let him walk in free agency. Agreed. What are you going to get, a compensatory third-round pick? Agreed. I so mean, you, you could probably get, maybe not a first, but a second-round pick for Kirk Cousins because it's a quarterback star of league. So you call the Jets, you call the Titans. If the Falcons, somebody will bite. Somebody will bite. And now what I have is I have Trey Lance. And either Trey Lance is going to be good where he's my guy, or he's going to be the guy that couldn't earn playing time over the seventh round pick in Brock Purdy, and I'm going to be bad anyway. Yeah. And then I'm going to have a top ten pick, and I'm going to be able to potentially get a quarterback to match up with the two young wide receivers that I have. There's but, just but not a long-term but, but, plan But hold here. on, no. with, your, with your theory about trading for Trey Lance, why would I give up draft capital if I'm going to be going into a rebuild in life after Kirk Cousins? That's the part that doesn't make any sense. You already have a capable backup in Nick Mullins. Throw Nick Mullins out there, let him play games, let him lose games for you, be as bad as you possibly can, and be in the Caleb Williams, uh, oh, Drake, Drake May, Shador Sanders sweepstakes. You don't think all of those young quarterbacks wouldn't want to sign up to play with Justin Jefferson and Jordan would. Addison and TJ Hawkinson? Absolutely. Listen, the skill position players, the receivers that they have in place, not only are they going to serve Kirk Cousins, but they would serve whatever young quarterback that you're trying to develop if you choose to go that route as a franchise. So, to your point... It's probably going to get ugly for the Minnesota Vikings tonight in Philadelphia. And if that's the case, then it's trending toward the franchise being closer to making a decision to move Cousins in season. And it, we're not saying it's his fault necessarily. No. We're saying it just doesn't line up. Uh, but to answer your question about why give up draft capital, here's my reason. And I say this all the time with the NBA. So if you give up a ton of picks to get a big-time guy, Two things need to happen. One, the guy has to be good. But two, you also have to have the ability to get them back, right? So I did not like – I'll explain. I did not like the Timberwolves trading for Rudy Gobert. But at any given point, if they wanted to get five first-rounders back, they could. Now, you have to trade Anthony Edwards to do it, but you could get them back, yeah. right? So in other words, if everything doesn't go right – so in this specific case, to your question, why am I giving up a pick for Trey Lance? Because I could get it back if I'm trading Kirk Cousins. So as long as you have the ability to get it back – I think that's how I would operate. I just think that there's there's no option here if Cousins doesn't necessarily work out. And you you're right. They may have to tank, but you're going to tank with Justin Jefferson?
Think he's going to be happy? No contract. You know how I can make him happy? Give him money. That's how I can, I, can, I can solve that. Listen, there are very few problems that you can't solve with throwing a bag of cash at it, especially when it comes to NFL players. All you have to do is make Justin Jefferson the highest paid receiver in NFL history. It's not like the guy didn't deserve it. Look at what he did in week one, what, nine catches for a buck fifty? Great answer, too. Justin Jefferson is going to get his, of course. no matter who's throwing him the football. But I, I think the Minnesota Vikings – in a precarious situation right now, they're caught betwixt and between because they have enough talent to be dangerous on the offensive side of the ball, but everybody recognizes that they don't have enough talent to compete for a championship. So do you want to pay your quarterback top-tier quarterback money if you're not going to be in the mix to win a title? But they the, did answer, a- the answer is probably no. And they did a sneaky rebuild on the fly this offseason. They did. They let go of guys that you look back and you're like, wait, what? Like, if you're trying to win right now, why are you let go, letting go of some of these guys? And I don't think we paid enough attention. I think literally today is the first day that we're paying attention to this because they're playing on Thursday night football tonight and they have that isolated standalone game. Coming up, a two-time Super Bowl champ will join us. Just how good is Kirk Cousins? We will ask him next here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, if you're going to ask, it's Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. Unsportsmanlike. ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. <laughs> you didn't get what I was doing. Oh, Smalls, I did. don't look I got at it. me like that. I got it. Smalls, Come on now. Smalls, you can't look I at can't me like that, I can't say though. it on the air. You can't yeah. look at me like that, though. <laughs> if you know, you know. I know, but she, uh, you know what you did. Don't did. do that. Stop I, doing ESPN that. ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app. <laughs> Goodness. Joining us right now, he's an ESPN NFL analyst. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He is Damian Woody, and he joins us here on Unsportsmanlike. Let's have you weigh in on the big story of the day, which is uh, there's a guy working in my house, and um, he went outside to the bathroom. He didn't use the bathroom in the house, and then I had house guests over, and they used um, my lawn as well. Damian Woody, do you let people pee outside in your home? Go ahead. What? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What? <laughs> I don't understand why these people did this. Why are they not using the ba- – that's weird, right, Damien? Bro, I, I've never heard anything like that. Like like people just – instead of using the, the restroom in the, in the bathroom in the home, they just just pissing outside in, in, the, in the lawn. Yes. Like, 
Yes. Were they, were they drunk? Like, what, what was what was going one on? One was a three-year-old kid, and one was literally a, a construction worker working on my bathroom. Well, I can see the three-year-old. Like, the three-year-old, okay, I can, I can, you know, okay, I got it. But the but the other guy, come on, man. Like, we got to do better <laughs> But, but the that. biggest question, Wood, is would you let that guy back in to work in your house after you saw him coming back from using the bathroom in the woods? Well, I mean, first of all, he didn't wash his hands at all. So, <laughs> like that, like it's a little suspect. I'm just he might can come back and work work in the house, but I'm damn sure not shaking his hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, now um, let's talk about something you said the other day. I was fascinated by this. You, asked, I want to ask you your question, which is why does Josh Allen not get the smoke Dak Prescott does? Have you figured out the answer to your own question? I have. Well, listen, I mean, because. Dak Prescott is the quarterback of America's team, of the, the of the star. So we, he's always going to be. Anytime you're dealing with Dallas Cowboys and particularly the quarterback position, is always going to be, you know, uh, up front as far as the the uh, the discussion is concerned. But listen, Dak Prescott last year, I would say I, I felt like last year with Dak Prescott was just uh, was an outlier because if you look at his whole career, whole body of work, he has been a guy that's been uh, really reckless with the football. Now you go with Josh Allen as great. I always said Josh Allen's like a mutant. Like the dude can do, he can do it all. He has a cannon for an arm. He's very athletic. He can do, he can all the off platform plays. He can do all of that. But the one thing that Josh Allen is, is reckless with the football. He's always been reckless with the football. And, you know, the one thing coming into this game with the Jets, you know, I said is Josh Allen didn't have to be Superman. You know, that's one, been my one criticism on Josh Allen is, Man, you got you got players around you. You don't have to uh, do feel like you have to create those special plays all the time because when you're going up against a real good defense, they'll capitalize on it like the Jets did on Monday night. And so, when will Josh Allen? I know I think this is his sixth year. When will Josh Allen finally figure it out that I don't have to have my cape on 100 percent of the time? Big fella, I'm going to put you on the spot just keeping with that conversation. I talked to Mike Tannenbaum and Sal Palantonio yesterday, and both of them had Josh Allen on the outside looking in of the top five quarterbacks in the National Football League. Now, this dude is on the cover of Madden. This dude is viewed by and large as an elite quarterback coming into this season, right up there with Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow. If you're drafting quarterbacks, where is Josh Allen for you? I think I think he's still in my top five. Okay. Yeah, he's in my top five. Like, as much as I hate the turnovers, we can't dismiss we can't dismiss all the other good stuff that all the amazing thing that Josh Allen does as well. Um, so like I'm I'm trying not to be a prisoner of the moment because of what we saw Monday night. Josh Allen is still one of the best quarterbacks, a top five quarterback in my opinion. We're speaking with our ESPN NFL analyst, Damian Woody, here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. And, Damian, let's stay with Monday night. I have two questions for you about the Jets. First of all, you got to take us to Greeny's sleepover. We saw so much social media <laughs> coverage of this. I'm sure it was an emotional roller coaster for you, Damian. But take us through getting there, the excitement, and then obviously the heartbreak after Aaron Rodgers' injury. Yeah, it was – you know what? Uh, it, it was so – it was really um, – it was amazing. I drove into the city and I get to Greenberg's place and and uh, you know the energy was just it was it was so good and obviously myself Dominic Foxworth was there Dan Graziano along with uh, a whole bunch of other people man and it, like I said the energy was was 
tremendous. It's like like it was at MetLife Stadium. It was crazy. And then all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and it just fell off a cliff. It turned into one big therapy session for Greeny <laughs> at the house. That's what, you know, basically like myself, Dominique Foxworth, and Dan Graziano was just trying to, you know, counsel him through, through you know, through the grief process that whole night. So it like ultimately the Jets won. We celebrated. But, man, like I was extremely tired the next day because I did get up for Greeny. <laughs> I was extremely tired because it was just a roller coaster of emotions that night. Well, after you went through the emotions, the Jets did win the game, so you ended at least on a bit of a high. But yep. looking at the Jets right now with Zach Wilson, obviously, as their quarterback moving forward, do you still consider them to be a Super Bowl contender? Um, I don't know about that because, obviously, you know, when you're talking about uh, the quarterback position, a lot is left to be desired as far as Zach is concerned. But I will say this. I was encouraged by the way Zach played in that game. Um, when Zach Wilson threw that interception, he could have easily tanked. But he didn't. He literally bounced back, and he made a lot of throws, what I call layup throws, that he wouldn't make last year. Anyone who watched Zach Wilson over the past couple of years knows exactly what I'm talking about. The easy throws. He A lot of times he would throw it in the dirt and, and all those type of things. He didn't do that. He made some really good throws in that game, and he managed the game well. And I will also say this. I got to give him a lot of credit as well because it's not easy coming in off the bench when the whole offense is tailor-made to Aaron Rodgers and to come in in that, in that type of environment and lead your, help lead your team to a, a victory against, you know, the, the king of the AFC East and the Buffalo Bills, that, you know, he has to be commended for that. No doubt about it. And, big fella, the throws that stood out to me was the dig route to Alan Lazard on yep. third down. Yep. There was a hitch to Garrett Wilson in the red zone, and he showed off the arm talent because that ball got there in a hurry. If Zach Wilson has grown from last year and being around Aaron Rodgers and having him mentor him, this team could potentially be in the mix for the playoffs. If they do find themselves in the postseason, what's the Jets' plan for quarterback moving forward? Well, I, listen, I still th- I, I, listen, I still feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the mix in 2024. I just don't feel like with everything he invested this whole offseason – getting to this point and then for it all to go down with that horrendous, you know, Achilles injury, that he would just let that be the end of his career. I, I just think he's too much of a competitor. I think he's a guy that wants to kind of go out on his own terms. So I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back in 2024. Now, as far as like, I do think the Jets are a playoff team still. I really do. I think this team was even better. Remember, Zach Wilson was 5-1 and one last year yep. as a starting quarterback. Yep. Um. And they have a better team around him now than they did last year. So I expect the Jets to be a playoff team. And once you get – listen, Chris, you know this as well as I do. Once you get into the postseason, it's all all you have to do is be better than the team you're playing that day. Doesn't it necessarily mean that you are a better team than your opponent. You just got to play better than your opponent that day. So it's all about getting into the tournament. And then once you do that, then it's anybody's game. Final thing with Damian Woody, of course, ESPN NFL analyst here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Finish this sentence for us, Damian. Kirk Cousins is? Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk so wait, Cousins. does that now have a definite? What is the definition of Kirk Cousins? <laughs> like, Kirk Cousins is going to put up stats. He's going to put up stats, but, I mean, what else is there? Like, he, he's going to put up stats, but not necessarily, like, when it counts the most in the postseason – 
that's where like that's where quarterbacks' legacies are made. Honestly, it's like in the postseason. And what does Kirk Cousins have? You know, what do we have to say about Kirk Cousins in the postseason? So, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. Couldn't have said it better. Damien, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Damien, what do you see him on Get Up coming up with Greeny? uh, Post sleepover here coming up. Uh, Also, one of the greatest athletes in sports continues to put his team on notice. We will get into that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com this is the unsportsmanlike podcast on espn radio more impressive the atlanta braves getting 96 wins in 146 games or the a's having 100 losses in 146 games. Definitely well, the winning. Yeah, I would say the winning. By the way, the 100 stat... Lo- 100 losses in 146 games. It's pretty impressive. The stat you just brought up, Smalls, and it is on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, uh, Series XM Channel 80, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, uh, ESPN2, ESPNU, and the ESPN app. But the stat you just brought up, the Braves have more division title wins historically than the Yankees do. That is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I mean, they dominated the 90s, obviously, with Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, Bobby Cox, the manager. And now what they've done, and they did it, you know, everybody's making a big deal when Freddie Freeman walked, and they bring in Matt Olsen from the A's, if I'm not mistaken, at that point. And he's been unbelievable for them. And the Braves. 51 home runs? What is it? All this does is remind me as a Mets fan that my team is just historically Let's not get started on the state of New York baseball, okay? Let's not do that. Let's talk about something. Or St. Louis baseball. Let, Don't let, let's, even. Let's just avoid that and talk about something. Okay. Else. How about so, this? How yes. about this? Maybe the Bucks want to be the Braves. They want to have that standard of excellence. And how about that for a transition? <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> Feels like a hard left turn, but all no, right. Go ahead. We're with you. Another one. Go ahead. <laughs> We're with you. Maybe Giannis wants to be brave with his latest <laughs> comments. <laughs> all right, your turn, CC. Smalls and I gave cheesy ones. I'm not even going to try to follow up either oh, one Oh, come of on now. No, you got it. You got Is it. Is it a holiday for Drew's teammates? The Braves have a championship <laughs> that on the That and more on the next episode. <laughs> same bad channel, same bad time. So uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo went on uh, 48 Minutes in the Believe Podcast Network and, uh, well, put the Bucks maybe on notice a little bit. Let's take a listen. As long as we play and we approach the game every single day the right way and we all sacrifice for a common goal, I can see myself being in Milwaukee Bucks for the rest of my career. But the moment I feel like people are not committed as a... As as I am, to get that uh, golden pin in the back, I, I, I am not. You know, I am, I'm a Milwaukee Buck, but most importantly, I'm a winner. 
I want to win and uh, I have to do whatever it takes for me to win and if there's a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien, I have to take that better situation. Everybody's saying put him on notice. I don't necessarily look at it that way because I think the Bucks are a first-class organization. The Bucks know what they're doing, and I think the Milwaukee Bucks are in lockstep with Giannis, and I actually think they probably love these comments. I know that may sound crazy, but I think these comments are a lot about his teammates playing through injury. I think he wants his teammates to just give every part of them playing through injury, making sure that they are as committed to winning a title as he is because the organization, he knows this, has done everything in their power to support him. They paid Brooke Lopez. They paid Chris Middleton. They gave up tons of picks for Drew Holiday. They have good role players around him. They made a coaching change. Mike Budenholzer out, Adrian Griffin in. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are an excellent team, an excellent organization, and I don't think Giannis is going to leave. I think he just wants everybody to know we are going to try to go 82-0 and and win a championship. Yeah, that sounds good, but he had an opportunity to sign a contract extension this offseason and declined it. Now, he's saying it's for financial reasons, but, but I mean, are we to believe that on face value? I, I don't know. I don't know if I buy into that. I don't know if Giannis is bought into Adrian Griffin being his next new head coach, especially in a coaching cycle where Nick Nurse was available to be hired, somebody that's already won a championship and somebody that does a great job in terms of the X's and O's on the offensive side of the ball. So defense has never been a problem with Milwaukee, but finding buckets when they need them, especially when they're going up against the upper echelon defensive teams in the East, like the Miami Heat, that's been the problem. So I don't know that this is Giannis not trying to send a message to the organization and using his leverage to potentially leave after a couple of seasons as the impetus for them to go out and make more moves that he envisions are in the best interest of the, of the team moving forward. Yeah, I don't know how this is not putting the Bucks on notice. Yeah. Yes, he has been very vocal about loving the organization, loving Milwaukee, loving the fan base, but he's making it very clear, and he's done it more than once, winning is all that matters. It's more important than location. It's more important than loyalty. I'm going to find a way to win more championships. He's concerned about his legacy at this point. And if I'm Giannis, I'm looking around the NBA, and I'm watching all my peers move the chess pieces, force their way out, get on teams with – whoever they desire, and I'm saying I know what I bring to the table, and if I can't get it done here, I'm going to find a way to get it done elsewhere. Yeah, the counter to all of this is what would you have liked them to have done? Because I think they have made every single move they possibly could make. Hire Nick Nurse? I just told you what I wanted them to do. Hire Nick Nurse. But he didn't want that, obviously. Nick Nurse? Well, if he wanted Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse, I'm sure, would be the head coach. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Did you want to pay what Nick Nurse was going to cost in order to bring him to Milwaukee? That's the other part of the conversation. They're paying about $16 million for Mike Budenholzer to not be the head coach. And the contrast stuff with Giannis. But that's my point. They're paying $16 million for him not to be the head coach. Do you then, on top of that, want to pay ten million to $12 million for Nick Nurse every single year? Yeah. Versus going with Adrian Griffin. That, that could be a part of the math when Giannis is saying, are we doing everything that we can be to be a championship organization to have sustained success? And when you look around the Eastern Conference, especially at a team like the Miami Heat, a team that you root for, yeah. look at that. The Miami Heat do more with less. I'll just sit back every, and listen every, every, <laughs> every single year, they maximize their potential. Keep talking, they, CC. But they do. They do. And if you're Giannis, they you have really to look do. at it. There's no comparison to the level of talent that's on Miami – with the, looking at Milwaukee, there's no comparison, and yet and still, the Miami Heat find a way to routinely get to the championship rounds in the NBA. Think about this. The Heat have been to the conference finals three of the last four years. Keep talking. Heat that culture. level of consistency <laughs> is talking. what Giannis is looking at. Why can't we have that? Well, Miami's got a really good coach in Eric Spolstra. They're really well won in the front office with Pat Riley and Alonzo Mourning. 
and they've got a superstar and they've got a program that is uncompromising. If you see that level of commitment, have that level of success, if you're Giannis, you want some of that culture in your building. All right, and, or, and, you'll go th- and you want your franchise to go to any lengths in order to get that. And I think they will. Or, and I'll look right into the, ca- the camera, if you want to listen to CeCe, come to the Heat. Come on, Giannis. Let's go. Let's go. Why, but why shouldn't that be on the board in a couple of years? Well, it, it was on the board a few years ago. Miami, Toronto, and Dallas all positioned themselves to try to get Giannis when Giannis stayed in Milwaukee. And Milwaukee proved to him then, we'll do whatever it takes by giving up all the picks to get Drew Holiday and giving up players, etc. Sure. I think Milwaukee's a really good team. I think there's no excuse for them not to be in the conference finals again this year. When you have Giannis, I love Brooke Lopez. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the oh, league. Oh, no Great. doubt. What he brings in the table is shot blocking and three-point Ability, being able to stretch defenses. like Brooke Lopez is a sneaky big cog in what they want to do. But the question is, is Chris Middleton good enough as that second all-star? Yes, I think he is. Is, is he, good he enough healthy still? enough is but the, that's the question. Is he, is he good enough as that second all-star now? He's not the same guy he was three years ago because of injury. We know what Drew Holiday brings to the table. My question is this. It's not a matter of what they put in the payroll, but it's a matter of the culture that they've established and they're trying to sustain. It's not this it's not at the same standard as other teams in the conference that are direct competitors for the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, coming up, we're going to flip the bird, give one finger salute. How are we going to title this? This is going to be interesting. A Packer did that to the Bears fans. We'll maybe do that to some fans coming up. It's unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com this is the unsportsmanlike podcast on espn radio i guess we are the new flavor in your ear right now unsportsmanlike espn radio Presented by Progressive Insurance, you can watch us on ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and all the great ESPN stations across the country. And big win over the weekend for the Green Bay Packers over the Chicago Bears. Their big-time offensive lineman, David Bakhtiari, took to Instagram, and he posted a picture of himself that we actually have to blur, I think, on the TV (laughs) side because um, he gave um, a certain finger to the Bears crowd, right? Now, how do we say, is it flipping the bird? How, what's the flipping best the bird, way? Flipping the one-finger salute. One-finger salute. Of, yeah, there's a lot of different ways we can go to it. Yeah, so we uh, had to blur it out. But, boy, is he happy to do that. And he, he posts that picture on Instagram. So we want to <laughs> have fun with you out there at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The one-finger salute. You as a sports fan, if you could give the one-finger salute 
to another group of sports fans for a specific team. Where are you going with that? Oh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Sorry, Pat. Like, but that's, I mean, as a former Giant and Cowboy, like, that's, that's where you're team. saluting. I couldn't stand the Philadelphia fans. Like, going into the stadium, they'd egg our buses. They're throwing beer on players' moms. Like, all of this other stuff that's unnecessary and has nothing to do with the damn game. I couldn't let my parents go to an Eagles road game unless I had my brothers accompany them because I was worried about their physical safety. That's how unruly wow. the Philadelphia sports fans are, especially the Eagles fans, which is why as a player and as a former player, I would love to give them the one-finger salute. Smalls? Any Boston sports fan, whether it's the Bruins, the Red Sox, the Celtics, the Patriots, mm. you had too much success and now you want to complain because you're not there in every single area of sports mm. again? I don't want to hear it. That's all. Anytime you listen to Boston Sports Radio, all they do is rip the teams and complain, even if they're the best. Even if they are the best team in their respective league, they always find a way to complain. So I'm giving them the middle finger, and I'm looking at you, Evan, because you're a Patriots fan. Yeah, but I'm a front runner. Like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. I am going to take a different route on this. Okay. I'm going to give the one-finger salutes. To a group of sports fans that are for a person, the LeBron fans. I'm not giving it to LeBron. Ooh. Wow. I'm going to tell you why. How dare you? How dare you put LeBron in the same sentence as Michael? Oh, boy. So I'm giving the David ba- – we'll just call it the Bakhtiari. The Bakhtiari. I'm giving the Bakhtiari to the LeBron fans. Yeah, that's right. Why are you giving me that look, Because it's so unnecessary. LeBron is the second greatest player of yeah, all time. Right, so stay out and, of Michael's and, and, business. And you want to give him a one-finger salute well, I was because say they the Jets fans, but I feel bad no, now because the Rodgers stuff. Yeah, yeah so like I got a little thrown off with that what because if, of it. Wouldn't you rather give the middle-finger salute to the LeBron haters? This guy no, was anointed as the chosen <laughs> one at 16 years old. He's done everything we expected of him and then some. I don't understand the LeBron haters. I never will. Well, well, we don't know if he was 16 when they actually dubbed him the chosen one. True. We don't, we don't know how old LeBron Fair. was at that point. All right, we're, we're going to talk to you on this. <laughs> he, at was at ESPN. Hey, hey, he was young. He was young. 888-729-3776. Driving you, a Hummer to high school games. <laughs> you want to give the Bakhtiari to which group of sports fans out there? Let's talk to Mark in Tennessee, listening on 98.1 in Tennessee. What's up, Mark? What's happening, man? What's up? No, if I had to give one, if I had to give the middle finger to one group of people, it would probably be the Cowboys fans. I am tired of hearing them. Oh, this is our year. This is our year. They get there and then they pay. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Cowboy. I feel like a lot of people will say the Cowboys fans. Totally. Oh, there's too much conversation about the Cowboys. They haven't won a Super Bowl in 30 years or whatever it is. They're the same fans that will simultaneously say, yeah, you know, everybody's hating on us. And then they'll say, nobody's talking about us. I don't understand. Oh, no, we're talking about them. I don't understand the Cowboys fans. Like, always. oh, nobody's talking about us. Nobody's giving us our respect. And they're like, well, they're always hating on us. Why are they always talking about us? Make up your damn mind. Do you want us to talk about your team or do you not want us to talk about your team? Because we're going to do it. It's good for business. So don't ever complain about nobody talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Nick in Florida watching on ESPN, too. Who are you giving the Bakhtiari to? What up? What up? Go what Dolphins. Up? I'm going to give it to any Boston fan, and I'm damn sure we're giving it to uh, any all the Yankees fans because I can't stand them. They always talk trash like they won something. They never won nothing. And the Bills. I'm not a Yankee fan. I, I would give you the, the Bakhtiari to Yankee fans. The concept of the Yankees is never we got, won anything. We got 27 championships, dog. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We got 27. Now, we hadn't won one since 2009, and we went through the first decade in a long time without even getting to a World Series. 
But you can't sit here and say that we ain't never won nothing. Now, as a Yankees fan, you ain't heard me say nothing about the Yankees, and we've been on this show for two weeks. That's right. So I ain't been talking about nothing. We are tied with the Red Sox for last place in the AL East. I am not peacocking about my New York Yankees Good, right now. yeah, but again, the concept we haven't won anything or they haven't won anything is not exactly the, the right concept there. Yeah. Let's talk with Doug. That's, in for South- the, that's for the birds. Yeah, let's talk with Doug <laughs> in South Carolina. Who are you giving the Bakhtiari to, Doug? I am giving it to the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, I like that. Why? Because of last night, uh, how they just disrespected our team after we won, after we beat them and won our sixth straight uh, division title. You celebrated the division title on their field. What is wrong, Doug? Get I out of here! Like, how, what oh, are here you comes Pat. You want us to You want us to give you a bucket of champagne on our field? <laughs> Get out, if Doug. Why should the Philly sports fans? allow the Braves to celebrate a division title on their field. I just love when Pat's Philly (laughs) accent comes out. Because, like, normally when he talks to us, he's all professional. And then when somebody goes after the Phillies, that that Philly accent pops. I like it. Travis in Kentucky watching on ESPN2. What's up, Travis? Who are you giving the Bakhtiari to? Hey, the L.A. Rams, y'all. Every all the whole off season, everybody talked crap. Yeah. We're gonna be the worst team. We getting the number one pick. We getting Caleb Williams, and look at our rookies on defense. Just surprised everybody in the league. We going back to the playoffs. We going to win our division, and we are gonna be all right. So the Rams haters, I mean, they are one zero. I just want to advise. I just want to like advise you on not putting any money on them winning their division <laughs> and being back in the playoffs because that feels like that's a bad bet right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, don't don't listen. Don't believe everything you see in Week One in the National Football League. I'll tell yeah. you what. I got excited that, about that, that call. Win, I don't know. I got excited about that call. I thought we were gonna Hate trash the Rams. The Rams. Yeah. Yeah. The other way. yeah, I was no, like, yeah, me no. too. Yeah. yeah, I'll throw up two middle fingers for them. We're but going no, back to the playoffs. Where... We're going to win our division until you run into the buzzsaw this week. That is the San Francisco 49ers. Good luck with that one. Yeah. Best middle fingers, by the way. Uh, Eight Mile Eminem, Brittany Murphy. May she rest in peace. There's no better middle fingers given. We've had a lot of good middle no, fingers. No, we're calling in the, the Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari. I'm sorry. The Bakhtiaris now. I messed up my own thing. Yeah. The best Play, Bakhtiari. Players mess up. It's okay. Yeah. Players mess up. Is there an A or an ER at the end? Because I, sound, I Play, thought play, you said play, A, and now I got players, really excited. Players mess up. I don't think I just changed it to an ER. I got excited for a second. What, what do you want from me, Evan? I want to play How up. can you take something that's cool and make it lame? He it, does this every single show. I don't understand it. it. He yeah. evened it. <laughs> uh, Chris, North Carolina on Sirius XM 80. Who are you giving the Bakhtiari to? Hey, guys. Appreciate the call. Um, you I, I'm us. giving 100 middle fingers to the Eagles fans. Yes! Um, I know Canty's yes, a form- I'm with you! Canty's Canty, <laughs> a, a former Cowboys player. Now he kind of sounds like a Cowboys hater. That's fine. But Eagles fans, man, they're obnoxious. Uh, they, they, they go around thinking they've done something. Yes, Dallas hasn't won in 30 years, but Eagles won one in 100. You were so, my people until you just took a shot at me. Like, I'm with you. I don't like <laughs> the Eagles fans. I don't even know how I work with Pat on a daily basis. I'm with you. And then he takes a shot at me calling me a Cowboys There has to be some acknowledgement of sports history here. The Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year. They won it a few years ago. Like when when they – oh, they've they've acted like they've done something. They actually have done something. So that's that's an odd argument. Let's get another quick one here. Matt in Ohio listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. Who are you giving the Bakhtiari to, Matt? Hey, morning. Got to be Dodgers fans. They are Mm -hmm. the absolute worst. They show up in the third inning, they have a beer and a dog, 
and they're leaving the seventh inning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, Smalls, why you're in on that? Oh yeah, absolutely. And they got a lot of stuff to to talk. The Cardinals and the Dodgers have had some postseason battles, and well, not recently, but you know, in recent recent memory. And Dodgers fans, he's absolutely right. They show up late, they leave early. Oh, traffic. I don't care. There's a lot Small, of Smalls, more, I don't care. more, more front runners. Yankees fans or Dodgers fans? Dodgers for sure. Yeah, I would agree. Me. <laughs> just in general, just in general. Do- I didn't expect Dodgers hate. That's in- I think the Dodgers fans are really good fans. I actually do. I like it's L.A. Of course you're going to show up late. Have you been to L.A.? It's awesome. There's so many great places to go. I get why you show up late. You want to beat traffic on the way in and way out. It's the best thing you could do is beat traffic. Then why are you even going? Okay, well that's why are you even going? Exactly. Why are you even that's going? Fair. Coming up is Kirk Cousins the most polarizing quarterback in the NFL? We will find out next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.